Hi, my name is Catherine Schwe, and today I'm going to be talking about testimonials. And I'm going to be taking a lot from the keyword essay about testimonial by Arnaldo Cruz Malave. And so variously classified as a genre or subgenre of Latin America and Latina slash Latino non-fictional writing, an activist pedagogical technique for the constitution of a subject that has undergone trauma or been marginalized and silenced by being placed in a border condition between official or hegemonic discourses. Testimonial is the resulting textual or visual product of an individual act of witnessing and or experiencing an abject social state that is more than individual, that is indeed collective. And so in short, um, testimonial, um, in testimonials, the informant is treated as a living archive and the source of an original episteme. He or she presents a point of view that only the insiders can offer. And that brings me to my first point that is very important for documentary value. Um, in general, it is very rare for marginalized groups to have like a recorded data um, and about their experiences. Um, and that can be seen in uh, a lot of the um, references I'm going to be sharing today, uh, which is the biography of a runaway slave by Miguel Barnett. Um, Before Night Falls by Ronaldo Arenas and um, I Rigoberte Menchu uh, by Rigoberte Menchu. Um, and so to start, uh, Biography of Runaway Slave by Miguel, Miguel Barnett, which was published in 1966 and discusses Esteban Mateo's experience as a slave during the Cuban War of Independence. And it's very important to mention that Biography of Runaway Slave inaugurates the testimonial genre. Again, um, bringing back to the point of documentary value, um, most slaves were not able to record their experience because not a lot of people were not, um, not a lot of people in the slave population were literate. And if they were able to record um, their experiences, not many works survived or were considered worthy of preserving. Um, and in the uh, biography, he does share a lot of experiences that really only like quote unquote insiders um, can write about. He describes the distinction of different nationalities in the slave population and his own opinions about that. And that really breaks away the, I guess, assumption that there is a mono, that the slave population is some sort of monolith and it really humanizes them. Um, another uh, quote that I feel like is, is very notable is because I was a runaway slave, I never knew my family. Um, and that kind of brings up like the whole point of testimonials that its main importance is its narrative voice. Um, readers really start to feel this like sad irony for Montejo that he knows in in the doc in, on the documentary in the um, biography about his family, but never experiencing uh, being part of his family. Um, and that is, I mean, it really pulls at a heart It's a very like heartbreaking fact. Um, and that is kind of like the weird issue with testimonials is, is that it's, it's not just a record of data. Its importance is not just this record of data. In short, it can hold a lot of documentary value, but it is a narrative art that is supposed to elicit emotion and empathy out of, a re out of the reader. And in the definition I gave you, it really... Um, it is really important that is an activist pedagogical technique. Um, and so it really 
is the function is to cause change um, and break a very homogenous discourse. So, and that is really important. I did find a video um, about um, this man sh who who worked with closely with Miguel uh, Barnett um, sharing an inaugural march that slapishes and retraces the um, El Camino del Cimarron, or the path of a runaway slave. And it is said that Montejo visited this place, which is called, and excuse me, because I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, um, Cabildo uh, Cunalambo Sagua La Grande Cuba. Um, and yeah, so there's, it really calls to the effectiveness of testimonials. Um, and so in short, published stories and accounts of marginalized people are very rare. Um, so it does play an important role in breaking some homogenous discourse. And this can be um, seen, um, we can see this especially in Before Night Falls by Renato Arenas, which is a popular account of being queer during the Cuban Revolution. And I, Rigoberta Manchu, an Indian woman in Guatemala. So the context of Before Night Falls is that the Cuban Revolution did not really support people who didn't fit this idea of the new man or El Hombre Nuevo. And as written by Ernesto Che Guevara um, in Socialism and Man in Cuba, to build communism, it is necessary simultaneously with a new material foundation to build the new man. Um, and... It really is, I mean, the whole idea of being gay was considered, like, capitalistic, almost, because of this this stigma of kind of, like, of the gay culture being one of excess and, you know, flamboyance and um, the very, like, almost promiscuity of being gay. Um, and, you know, he really does bring in again, a viewpoint of being gay and the, the almost the hypocrisy because it was very common. Um, Erna famously writes the four categories of gay. And it's a chapter in his book that describes the types of gay people and how they present and fit into the revolution. And these are the divisions are very important because they show how the LGBT population, how, how they, it is diverse and how their socioeconomic status, how they present their own internal homophobia and how they support the revolution affected them. It is also worth mentioning that Arenas uh, gives examples of real people. And when he lists names of real people and their occupation and their position in the revolution and what they meant to him and their personalities, we are, are given descriptions from a queer man depicting and critiquing other members of his community um, really gives them a more humanistic nature to the population overall. Um, and um, yes, it is also going back to the documentary value in Before Night Falls, um, Arena gives a rare first person account of the Moro Castle prison. And which is one of Cuba's worst prisons during the revolution. And he really describes I mean, the terrible conditions and sexual brutality that occurred there and really mentions the like hypocritical behavior of the soldiers because they also took part in same-sex relations. And it really just shows like, again, 
some things that may have been hidden if we didn't have this testimonial, which is he humanizes the queer population and he also really shows you how commonplace it was. Um, and so I'm going to go back to a quote from um, the keyword essay that I'm, again, I said I was going to reference a lot. Um, Testimonials derives instead from the manner in which the text is made, its expressive power, its co-articulation of aesthetic, narrative, ethical, and emotional dimension, its ability to evoke a history and a country and also a cosmos. So when he's describing this very emotional journey and how he uh, came to America, how um, he is experiencing um, intense discrimination um, for especially um, this, his gay experience on a beach, which I think is just beautiful. Um, it really does show, and there is effectiveness because they made Before Night Falls into a movie. Um, and uh, I mean, starring Harvey, Javier Bardem and Johnny Depp. And I would also like to mention that Biography Runaway Slave um, is on his shelf in the movie when he's like, right, sits down to write Before Night Falls. Um, so moving on to uh, Rigoberto Manchu, which kind of serves the same purpose of um, of uh, Before Night Falls, is that it's a testimony that functions uh, similarly with the idea of breaking up a, a homogenous discourse. Um, and it also uh, advocates for protection of um, the indigenous community. Um, and so it brings up a lot of conversations that are very um, brutal and heartbreaking. It brings up sexual violence against the indig indigenous women and girls. Um, I mean, there is a quote where it's like, there could be a massacre in any village at any time. And um, it brings up the relocation of indigenous communities and whole ethnicities being labeled as communists and subversives and... Um, detailed descriptions of kidnappings and, and torture and, and you know, and that can only be really written from inside of the community. Um, and I do want to address that this is the underlying assumption that the person that's sharing the account um, is basically representing everyone in the community. When we talk about testimonials, again, there's an individual account that is treated like a collective mind. Um, and so this kind of goes into um, the Menchu controversy. So David Stoll uh, questioned the veracity in relation um, of the torture and death of her brother and her representativity of the Mayan community. Um, and in short, it's just genocide negationism that it's like just he's denying that this has happened. Um, but even if it were untrue, I mean, Mary Louise Pratt wrote in, in 2001 um, uh, in, that says, and she says, to enlighten and move um, that Manchu's testimonials enlighten and move metropolitan subject does not derive from the fact that the book is the testimonial of a young 
Guatemalan indigenous woman who has suffered many painful experiences. And I did watch her uh, Nobel Peace Prize interview in 1992, sorry, um, which is available on YouTube. And, you know, you can really see her bravely question the government um, and um, question uh, Cerezo um, during the Civil War because he was elected um, with only a 35% approval rating. So she does strongly advocate for the preservation of indigenous land and protection of indigenous, indigenous culture and people. Um, and, you know, another quote from the keyboard essay that I'm going to take is, testimony as such is the stage lo- focus or, or site for what has called an intense struggle for interpretive power and authority cross cultures, ethnicity, gender, race, and class, whose trace haunts its texts, even when it is dissimulated, attenuated, or denied by the author's or editor's framing. So, again, um, this kind of brings up a huge characteristic testimony that it is a, it is mediated, the, the narration. Um, there, um, except for Before Night Falls, the two that I, I Marfressing, which is a biography of um, a runaway slave, and um, I, Rigoberta Manchu, are mediated there from interviews um, given to anthropologists or, um, you know, a- other activists who, you know, really want to share their stories. Um, so there can be a little, um, it really calls a question about kind of like, mix-up of narration and you know there are editing and making sure that it is an art form it's the aesthetic is going to um, come across the message is going to come across to the reader and you know this really brings me to the questions that I had when researching testimonials um, which is can this genre be exploitative or treated as trauma porn I mean, in, in, it's a blunt way to say trauma porn for the general public. And this is not anything I feel like uh, you know, anyone really has to answer, but it is a, usually an art form that is given to the public who have more privileges than those who, than the informants. So um, I think it is a very useful uh, art form. It is an activism art form. But th- at the same time... Um, it is the its main function is to elicit emotion um, from more privileged communities. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I am Catherine Shua, and I hope I can uh, give you some more insight about my own opinions and my understanding of testimonials. Thank you very much.